Say hello to the bad guy, Tack Stone in the building. It's your um, third episode of Tax Season. Very special episode today. Um, I'm having a little fun. I'm drinking. You know, I started on my Hennessy already. I can't. Um, I always have to dabble in the cognac in order to really um to speak to the people. I feel like cognac brings you closer to the people. Me and Kim Jong, we have like similarities. So you know, what I mean, we um we love to indulge in the cognac and things of that nature. You know, I had a great week this week. Um, watching the internet, plies. Fat Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> it was many things this week with the internet, man. I want to get in the plies first. Um, plies, you, you're, are you okay? Can you hear me? Nah, <laughs> nah, plies, man. Shout out to plies, man. Um, we, I love your your Instagram videos. You're very funny. But I remember watching a um Jamie Fox interview a couple years back on the foxhole. Jamie Fox was talking about how like plies was this fake thug rapper. And I knew that he just had no reason to just make that up for no reason. He was describing how a whole bunch of gangsters, 40 Glock, and a whole bunch of Crips came to the video shoot to press um, Plies. And Plies was hiding in the bathroom while he was handling the situation. And it's so funny that it's like a comedian had to handle a street situation that a gangster rapper didn't want to handle. You know what I mean? It's it's so funny. But um, I understand because, you know, everybody's not who they are, who they say they are. You know what I mean? And Jamie Foxx, what Jamie Foxx basically did in the story, he said that um, he spoke to the, the gangsters and calmed everything down and said, like, yo, listen, we don't want any issues. And, like, I guess slowed it up for the whatever. But it's like. Your plies, you're the goon. You have a chain with a, uh, what do you call it? A ski mask. You have a ski mask on your chain. Like, you call yourself goon, so we expecting more from you. Like, we expecting more from you when you're talking to a dude close in your proximity um, in, your, in your circle and you saying shit like, whatever y'all might have been saying, if it was um, any violent words being exchanged or any aggressiveness, a goon is going to pop off. You're not going to get popped off on. So that that was my whole thing with the video and the dude after the Mo Green dude, whatever his name is, he says he was shouting plies out and telling plies that he liked them and loved them. And plies says some tough shit. And then he's he, he, he suplexed his ass like 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 um Lex Luger did Yogazuna at the Intrepid Museum. So but that's when I that's when I get in the confusion about, you know, exactly who plies is like, are you a thug rapper are you a ladies man and just just like the women sweet pussy Saturday shit like that you know what I mean it's like if that's who you are then be that person like this is our discrepancy with artists today depicting a certain you know image about themselves and and creating this perception and, and smoke screen of who they might be and then like the people that might be that they come and approach you and then it's like you got to handle that situation after but anyway you know I'm I got a special guest host today we got Raven. Hey, what's up? How you doing, Raven? <laughs> My voice sounds so crazy. She today. said she told me that she sounds like um like Jada Kiss. So we're gonna call her Raven Kiss today. <laughs> her name is um um Raven. Her Instagram. What's your Instagram? Ravy B. Ravy B. Your yeah. Twitter? Ravy B. Ravy B also. You can Everybody follow. always says it's Ravy B. It's not. It's yeah. Ravy B. No, so. I realized it was it was Ravy <laughs> after I noticed your name was Raven. But, yeah, um, people are always like oh, people come up to me like, "Hey, Ravi B," and I'm like, "Nope, not me." Like, <laughs> it's kind of obvious, like Raven. Mm -hmm. So it would be Ravi B, like my name is there, but Raven is a um photographer, a hip hop photographer and fashion photographer. She um does a lot of things for the culture as far as capturing moments and things of that nature. She's um she's very beautiful. She has a con that I could see through her um, shoe. Don't but, lie. Um, through my vans? She's still cool. Like, <laughs> we're not going to judge her. We're not here for that. <laughs> That's one thing we're not here for. But, you know what I mean? She's a cool person. Like, how was your week? Um, it was long. I think I partied too hard this weekend, and that's why. What, what did you party? Um, my best friend had a party bus on oh. Saturday. And I felt like a child because I haven't been on a party bus since I was, like, 18. Mm -hmm. And then on Sundays... I go to this like sports bar by my house like every Sunday. Mm. Like all my friends go. So we were there yesterday a little too late and then I woke up this morning for work with no voice. So the whole morning I was like, let me drink tea because I don't want to sound crazy on this podcast. Like that's the last thing I want to do is sound oh. so raspy. 
Yeah, don't come on this podcast losing your sexy. That's <laughs> one thing we don't have here tax season. Know what I mean? But um, how did you feel about the um the Fat Tuesdays thing that happening in Queens at the Resort World Casino? I'm not going to say that I wasn't. I wasn't surprised, but I was, like, really disappointed because I feel like we never can have anything nice anymore. Like, yeah, without we, it being run Yeah, down, right? like, we get something that could potentially be cool, even though I feel like Fat Tuesday should stay in, like, hot, warm places like Miami. Yeah. But the day of a riot starts. It's almost like they, they I, wanted I, it to happen. I, I predicted it because I always tell people, you got to understand, all right, Fat Tuesdays is in Miami, and it's like, it's big in Miami because it's outside, it's heat. So a lot of the people, a lot of New Yorkers, we migrate to Miami. That's our vacation spot. That's like the I know LA's and LA, they, they migrate to, to, to Vegas. You know what I mean? That's their vacation spot. We go to Miami. And, you know, that's like our second place, our second home or whatever. And it's like Fat Tuesday's coming to New York with some big shit. Like Fat Tuesday's coming to New York. Like, you know what I mean? It's lit. But the fact of the matter is that, like, I think Fat Tuesdays is only that dope because it's in Miami. Same. And it's frozen drinks. Like, who? Yeah. Like, it's April. It's 50 degrees here. I'm still wearing a scarf. Oh, lit. Yeah. How 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 happy are we going to be about Fat Tuesdays next November? Yeah. You know what I mean? In the winter when you when you want to enjoy a frozen drink. But the drink. first day, like, the grand opening, it's the, not even like it was New York open City. a week. You got to respect New York for being New York. One thing about that situation when it happened is all I could say was, we definitely in New York City. Because I expected that. I didn't expect nothing else. It's the first day, I joked about going, but I I, I told I said a couple tweets where I was like basically telling people what was going to happen. Like, it's going to go down there because what happens is that New York doesn't have that many places that I guess the youth considers fun. So when a Fat Tuesday comes, it's like everybody's like, we're going to Fat Tuesdays tonight. Everybody. But do you so feel it's like- every click of everybody that ever had issues, <laughs> beef, girls that don't like each other, it would have went down one way or another. You think it would have happened in any borough? You think if it happened in like, if they put a Fat Tuesdays in Midtown, that the same thing would have happened? Yes. Yes, because, and I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you why it would have happened, because Brooklyn is the... M- m- the majority of all the boroughs. We have the mo- the biggest population. Brooklyn would have made sure they was there. <laughs> and if Brooklyn was there, it would have went down, just like it happened in Queens. Shout out to East New York. Those are some East New York fellas that started that mayhem. Everybody was talking about the with, eight ball jacket. With the Queens dudes <laughs> and the, the dangerous dude in the eight ball jacket. <laughs> that just keeps me. You we keep seen a video of a dude. eight ball said, jacket. He said, if, when I see that dude with the eight ball jacket, it's lit. <laughs> And the, the night before, we knew it was danger. When we see that eight ball jacket in the video, we said, that's danger. <laughs> and is is the eight ball jacket has been, like, tied to danger for as long as I can know. <laughs> From back in the days, like, you know what I mean? And it's like, Fat Tuesdays was definitely, definitely some funny shit. What else happened this weekend? Oh, Manolo Rose got locked up this weekend and, um... And um, Vado's video shoot, him and Vado have um, a song called Checking Cash. And, like, the um, hip-hop police followed them to, like, he had three <laughs> videos to shoot police. that day. <laughs> and they followed him to three different video shoots from the Bronx to home. It was like, you know, and like everybody called me, like, oh, Manolo's locked up. And, like, you know, I, I kind of knew it would happen. Like, Wasn't he supposed to be at the SOB show today? Yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah, he I think With, he like, was. Trey Pizzi yeah, and Trey all Pizzi them. and all of them. Yeah, like, it's like. You know, and Manolo's a, he's a he's a humble a humble real quiet dude. Like he's not rowdy or nothing. So I know for police to fuck with him, it really just had. I think police really have a hatred of hip hop and like the people that's coming out of here and they're getting jobs and you know what I mean. I think I think they get mad. I think they just want to be a part of hip hop. They wish that they could get a job here instead of there. And I mean, like I'm sure there's probably reasoning. a bunch of police officers that have like studios in their rooms and like of put their mixtape links on Twitter. Yeah, and a hundred and a and a hundred <laughs> bars somewhere in a corner. You know, and so not like follow back tweets listen to my mixtape. They're probably in my mentions because yeah, there's way too many mixtape links in my mention there's many mixtape links in um in raven's mention <laughs> that i don't want i have no want. i can't do anything for you 
But take what's, your what's your ethnicity? I'm Italian and black. Italian and black. We're here with Raven. I thought Raven was Dominican because like she was from the Bronx, so <laughs> I automatically throw the Dominican label on. In the Bronx, I feel like it's more like a Puerto Rican thing in the Bronx. Like people normally assume I'm Puerto Rican because I feel like I have a really thick Bronx accent, mm. and I ha- like all my friends are Hispanic, and I'm light skinned So. And then I see my mom, and she has, like, blue eyes and black hair. And like, oh, you're not Spanish. So Raven is not Spanish. No. We're going to take her out of the, um, the Dominican category <laughs> that we had her in. I know many of us had her in there. I know I Thanks for clearing that up for one. me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she's from the Bronx, and she enjoys um, getting hangovers. No, <laughs> I don't enjoy hangovers. <laughs> Hence why I didn't want any honey today. You know, I forced her to indulge. You know, we have to have um, we have to have um, the same spirit while we speak. So I had to make her indulge in some some cognac. But you know, we also got a um a special guest here today. Internet that I'm proud of, <laughs> motherfucking Combat Jack. Internet, what's up, Tagstone? OG Reg. Yo, man, I see you, B. <laughs> we got OG Reg in the building. Look at this podcast, B. You a podcaster, tax. Nah, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> tax season in effect. Yeah, yeah look at you. We got we got combat jack in the building. Hennessy you know, on deck. Hennessy on deck, of course. Internets. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Man? That's his shit. Internets. Every time I see somebody put the S on the end of internets, I think of Yo, combat jack now. What's going on, sir? Everything's good, man. Yeah, I love what you're doing, man. I love what Thank you're doing. You. Welcome once again to the Loudspeakers Network, man. Um. You know, when when, when when Chris Morrow, my partner, was talking about the show, I, that's when I really started looking at your social media. And, you know, not necessarily for me, but there was concern like, yo, this nigga is a goon or <laughs> he's kind of goonish. And what kind of energy is he going to bring to the network? But I was like, fuck it. Like, like let's, you know, I understood mm-hmm. that, that, that Charlemagne gave you the green light. And I was like, let's rock with this, man. So. You know, Shout I'm just really happy, and I'm really proud that that you're doing very well. Your numbers is looking up. You on the iTunes? Yeah, I top didn't even, twenty, top two hundred, boy. No, I was like, <laughs> what? I just found out. It was like your numbers is good. I was like, what? And, and yo, man, for, I, for, was, for, I, I quit selling crack yesterday. Yo, listen, <laughs> they told me my numbers was good. Listen, man, what's what's very impressive is man for a goon mm-hmm. for you to be getting these like the podcast game. It's still a white man's game. Yeah. So for you to be in the top twenty, boy. Yo, yeah. you are doing that's, it, That's man. big for me. I appreciate that because it was a lot of dudes has come actually today yes. in an Uber in Brownsville at the corner. I you see, were in an Uber in Brownsville? Yeah, always <laughs> in an Uber in Brownsville. Shooter in an Uber. And I, I, I stopped right by the, um, I think it's the U.S. Fried on Sutter and Mother Gaston. And I seen five dudes on the corner. I seen one dude on the corner. I know he was with five dudes. And I said, yo, what up? And he was like, oh, shit, yo, tax. And he put his phone up, and he had the tax season playing on his phone while he was on the corner. I almost cried. Yo, so you're really resonating in the hood like that. That's what fucked me up. I said, (laughs) you know what's crazy? I'm not resonating in the hood hood like that. Mm. In the hood hood, like, I love living in the hood because niggas don't know who I am. Yeah. But th- you are really resonating in the hood, B. That fucked me up. You're changing the game. I, said, I mean, I'm not even joking. The dude in the middle of Brownsville had uh, the podcast playing on Brownsville, his phone. Brownsville, what up? And I was like, that made me, because, you know, I'm an East New York Brownsville nigga. Like, you know, if you're from East New York, you're from Brownsville. If you're from Brownsville, you're from East New York. It's like the you same got thing. There. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing. We was all Jump raised off. by Akbar somehow. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, that shit, that shit made me smile earlier. It ain't, I've gotten a lot of compliments on the podcast, but that one right there, I was like, wow, that was crazy. That's because the whole team, B. It's, I didn't even know they had Wi Fi in Brownsville. <laughs> so that's why, like, it like really touched me. I was like, Brownsville, they got Wi Fi out there u.s fried chicken text on podcast i was like this is beautiful u.s fried chicken is like every other fried chicken mamas papas obama fried they got like i don't if you're not from the hood this is the 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 type of establishments they have in the neighborhood what they do is they give they give the um the immigrants um money when they when they come to the u.s and they open these businesses and they get into you know crown fried chicken 
Mama's fried, Papa's fried, Obama fried, Kennedy fried. The U.S. is official. Louisiana fried, U.S. fried. You know what I mean? And it's all the same motherfucking chicken, and it just got different names. You know what I mean? So if you're not from New York, that's the that's the the knowledge and the science on that. But we here with Combat Jack. What's Combat up? Jack is is renowned. Combat Jack is renowned. He's the OG podcaster, but he's also an OG in his hip hop game. You know, he was he's a um a music attorney. He represented a lot of dudes that, yes, that we know, you know, um Dame Dash the Chatty Patty, um <laughs> um Jay-Z, you know, a, a lot of dudes, a, a, a renowned dude, man, and I, it's just good to even be in his presence to even, you know, have him on taxi nah man you know i seen mean? all the heat you was doing i was like let me take my old ass to this young podcast and get yeah, some of this man. heat B. you know what i'm saying it, it feel good to, it feel good to even you know what i mean be in your presence and have you amongst us man yes. yeah you know you know i wanted to ask you like um how was it working with with dame dash how many years did you work with him um as far as i can remember i worked with dame from like i want to say 91 92 Mm-hmm. to 96 for like a good four years four or five years mm-hmm. um you know dame is brilliant um dame is fast but it's it's, it's completely different when you're working with him or for him when he's your client mm-hmm. because you can't beat dame in an argument pound for pound you can't beat dame in an argument mm-hmm. so it was amazing watching that drive like when nobody believed in jay watching him and, and dj clark kent you know what I'm saying? Clark like Brooklyn. build and really like help create that whole Rockefeller movement. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And nobody believed. You, you you can't imagine when nobody like we went to every label, every label on the East Coast turned Jay Z. So nobody down. believed in Jay Z. Nobody believed. We did a we did a That's small deal with crazy. like Payday Records mm. for like 25 G's, and like six months later after the single came out in my life they dropped him. In my lifetime, you know what I'm saying. So, wow. so I say that to say, That's so crazy. Saying to say, like when all odds were against them, you know what I'm saying, and how they were like, "Yo, fuck everybody, we're gonna make this happen." And they used to tell me, they used to be in my office talking about Jay is the best, he's the greatest MC in the world, mm-hmm. and I'd be looking at them like, really, like, are y'all niggas really <laughs> bugging? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then watching this shit happen, right? It was really amazing. Like it really, like I didn't have that confidence level when i was that young yeah so seeing that and then just see like it was it was amazing but dame is also very exhausting mm. like dame walks in and it's dame it's a presence you know what i'm saying so if you're not on your p's and q's or or whatever or if he's direct you 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 gonna get chewed out i got chewed out i got joked out many times you know what i'm saying and, and it's it was just futile yeah. arguing back you just got to take it Pause. You know what I'm saying? You, you yeah, got yeah, yeah. to take it, man. <laughs> Yo, I want to go into that pause shit real fast right. because, you know, a dude paused me on Twitter the other day and it was like unpausable. It was some shit that just shouldn't have been paused. And then I came to the conclusion. It's a thirsty pause. I'm going to be 30 in August. I'm not pausing no more. I also feel like whoever tells you pause, like they're thinking like that. Like you might yeah. not even be thinking like that. So the person that's telling you pause is, is the one that should be pausing well, themselves. I'll tell you, for somebody who's in their late 40s, to me, like, I'm an old man in this game, right? Mm-hmm. I love, like, for all the serious shit that I do, for all the, like, on Twitter, I get so wrapped up with race right now and everything. I, I got a son that just got accepted to college. I'm worrying about college tuition. You know what I'm saying? For all this, it's, that's, like, one of my, my my silly moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you understand and what I, I'm saying? I, I've thought that because, like, a couple, I've always hung out with dudes that was older than me. Right. So it's certain things that I would do. And then they'll adapt it, and then I would laugh because they adapted it. You know what I mean? But I knew it was them getting in touch with their young self. You, you know what I mean? You got to, man. You got to, especially if you're a public figure in this internet age. You know what I'm saying? And then I come from a different New York. Mm-hmm. That like like New York has been changed completely from my era. The pause game is one of the 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 smallest remnants. <laughs> The smallest remnants that remind me of the conversations that we used to have back then. I understand it's not politically correct. I tell everybody all the time. But you know I, what's wrong with me? What? Come back. I got so institutionalized uh-huh. that I started taking pause serious to not say it because it was like, yo, 
if I have an issue with somebody and I slap them and I say pause in the middle of this conversation, that shit could be used against me in court. What are you talking about? Yes. I don't understand what you're saying. As a hate crime. Oh, if you say pause as a hate crime. Yeah. See, I think like that's I guess a that's, little extreme. That's tax No, it's a, it's a little extreme because that's you're not thinking about it, but it can be used in court. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, it I mean, will be used in court. You know, not, I, it can. I, as an attorney... <laughs> That's kind of reaching, but you know, that wouldn't surprise me in today's climate. I could I'm see somebody you. saying that's a hate crime. I feel like that's a creative approach. It, it's a it's part just... because I always told people, I said, yo, if I ever got in a fight with a gay person, I would come in the court the next day with a shirt tied up on my stomach and shorts, and I would talk gay. Because it's like, yo, why would you get into a fight with a gay person? You don't know. You don't know who you're going to get into a fight with. And that's the, that's the thing. That's the whole thing, the whole issue that I've been having with words. I've been trying to eradicate the word nigga because I feel like. Good luck with that. Yeah, I eradicated I it publicly three times. <laughs> I, listen, three times. I've, I've, I look at it nigga. like this. I look at it like this. If we. If we glorify a word and we say nigga all day and then a, a white person that might have grew up in the same culture as us say nigga, I have white friends that grew up with me, that grew up with me. How can I not tell them to speak the way I speak? So it's like if they say, yo, shut up, nigga, because they mad at something and somebody fights them, they didn't even mean it. They wasn't. They were just telling you to shut up. They, they should have the, the, the foresight to know. That's a that's a mind bomb. That word is very loaded. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying. But this is what I'm trying to say. Like, who are we? Who are we as a people to put that against people to say you can't say nigga or you can't say faggot or you can't say gay or you can't say bitch or you can't say hoe? And these people call each other that. Like women are call each other bitch, but the moment a man says bitch, it's like what? You know what though? Context. You and I. T. Y. It's context. It's the context of the conversation. Yeah. In in twenty fifteen, with regards, I would never say the f word because I just know. Yeah, me neither. Like, who the fuck am I to say that? But I'll say nigga all day. I have have a best. Nigga. Um, people that went to (laughs) people that went to high school with me. People that went to high school with me know. I I have a gay a gay best friend. I grew up with this dude. We didn't know he was gay until our late 20s, but, like, people used to tell us our, our um, uh, mothers, all our mothers that we hung out, all our mothers, every one of my mothers, friends would the say, mothers knew. he's gay, something is wrong with that boy. And we used to be like, ain't nothing wrong with him because we was running trains on girls at I the can't. time. We was Yo, where's five, this six going? Yeah, where, where's this going, <laughs> No, no, no. We was five, six deep running trains on girls. Wait, 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 wait. Pause. All right. Pause. <laughs> now, now the, the moral of the story is, is that we like, he ain't gay because he ate this girl pussy the other day. No. That nigga's not gay. So now when we become grown men tax and this dude becomes gay, we sitting there and we like, holy shit, season. Corey's gay. You know what I mean? Shout out to Corey. That's my, that's my, he's still my son. <laughs> Corey's still my son. He gay. He's still my son. His older brother raised me like I didn't, uh, I spoke about the brilliant idiot. So I told the people about pimping from you know, 12, 13 years old, and it was because I got into the game because of Corey's older brother. And, you know, Corey's older brother put me on because he was a pimp, and I was close to him, so it was hard for me to detach myself from Corey because I was so close to his older brother. And Corey was really my first friend before his brother, but it was like, he's gay. You know, at the time when we're young, we don't know any better. We like, gay is like a demon, you know what I mean? We like we can't speak to him. We can't be around him. But you know, as I got older, and so and wait, so y'all actually when y'all when when y'all realize Corey was gay, did y'all ostracize him at least. Yeah, I mean, we, we really? disowned. Did him. you still use the f word? We dis we disowned him a little bit because it was like we didn't know any better. It was he like, came out. Yeah, he came out like he's openly. He just actually was on Facebook. I had to block Corey. I just seen his ass. I, I had to block his ass on Facebook like two months ago because he was having some lovers quarrel shit on fucking Facebook, posting all sorts of naked dudes and exposing them. And I seen them on Thanksgiving. I, t- I said, you know, I blocked you on Facebook, right? You got to keep that shit over there. Like we, I, when I come on Facebook, I'm looking for people, mothers to be talking about church and shit like that. And then I come on here and it's a motherfucking dude with cranberry sauce and some shit on his chest. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So and I seen court, but I, but the thing is, is that, just like I said, we wanted to disown Corey because he was gay. Because but, of how you guys were conditioned. Yeah, because right. of how, how our minds was conditioned. Like, we're not supposed to be cool with gay people, you know what I mean? But his brother raised most of us, so it was, like, kind of hard to dis, to detach ourselves from him. But when I when I started getting, like, knowledge of self and knowledge of, of everything else that was around me, 
I just was like, that shit ain't got nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? He ain't never try to suck my dick. Like I didn't give a so, fuck. So, so did you when you when you rebeat when you reconnected with Corey? Mm-hmm. Did y'all talk about like like? Nah, we never of- we never even talked about it. Like matter of fact, one day I seen him. I, I seen him. I was with my homegirl Kyra, and I and and because I think I forgot how we found out, but. I had him with a garbage can and some shit. And I was like, oh, you fucking faggot. And, and like, when I thought about it, like, a year later, and I was like, damn, that shit was like, maybe I shouldn't have did that. It was eating at your conscience. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Because at the same time, he always been a friend of me. Regardless of that dude being gay, I was always in the street. I always had issues and beef in the street. And Corey was one of the dudes that was always there ready to fight. I remember one day where where I said to myself, Corey might be gay. And the the reason was because we was having a fight with some dudes and Corey sat for a whole three minutes to put his gloves on before he started fighting. He had leather Burberry gloves. I will never forget. <laughs> and I looked over while I was fighting this dude on the floor and I seen Corey putting his gloves on, like taking his time. And I said, this motherfucker is gay. What the fuck you doing putting on leather gloves in the middle of a fight? Yo, man, man he didn't want to get those teeth marks in his... I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know what I'm he saying? Like, yeah. protect his but he was hands. still about it. it he was still and, about and, it. And it's crazy because it was one morning, six in the morning, I got a call. And they said, Tax, where you at? And I said, I'm in the crib. And they said, yo, we need some bullets. We going back to Queens. And I said, what's good? And they said, Corey just aired it out. And I said, Corey just did what? And this is like after the discovery. Some of my friends were still fucking with him. It was like... He just let off a whole 16 clip in the park because <laughs> dudes tried to jump him. And it was like, at that point in my life, I had so much beef. How, how old were you, man? I was definitely still young because we probably just was like, like out like, of high school. Okay, so like 17. I'm going to think 18, maybe. 18, all right. Yeah. And that that point right there, that's when I was like, damn, yo, like, I had so much beef that I had to, I needed a friend like him right. around that was ready to ride. To let off 16. Because it was dudes that wasn't gay, that wasn't ready to ride. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, fuck that. So how did you, like, uncondition yourself? It was just, it was all mental. It was just basically, like, just sitting there like, this dude ain't never did nothing to none of us but be a friend. You know what I mean? And rode hard for you And rode hard for us. So it was like, I had to separate his sexual preference I mean, it should be completely separated because at the end of the day, somebody's sexual preference has Isn't nothing to do. Preference? But that's not no, how we was conditioned. So it was like, how you were it was hard. It was like, what? Like, you know, that's impossible to be rolling with a, a, a gay dude. You know what I mean? Like, it because was of like, the stereotypes. In the yeah, whole like, and that's how I was raised. It was like, what? Like, what do you mean you gay, nigga? Like, you know what I mean? So what are your thoughts now in 2015 on, on gay rights and and and? and same-sex marriage and the whole nine. I don't give a fuck about what they do. I don't got nothing to do with that. Like, if, if two gay, if two men love each other, what would I got to do with that? Let them love each other. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't care anyway about it. And and part of it is because of the relationship of with Corey, growing up with Corey, because I realized I'm like, damn, this dude was gay our whole life, regardless of us knowing about it or not. This dude was gay his whole life. He always been a friend. I can't really say too much fucked up shit he did. You know what I feel sorry about, though, is is Corey having to hide it. And you talking about, like, running trains on chicks and eating a yeah. chick out. Like, no, Corey's still fucking bitches. This is the problem. <laughs> this is the problem. Corey is still out there fucking bitches. So he's bisexual. I don't know what that is. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> So he gets, sorry, he gets busy. Corey is a freak. Corey gets busy. Corey is a freak. Busy. That's what I came to the conclusion of. Because we was twelve years old and Corey was eating pussy, and we was not thinking about eating no pussy not at twelve years so old. So young. So this How is how old was she? Twelve, the same age as us. Yo, that's so crazy. when I grew when I grew up and Yo, started, Lucas I thought about crazy. the shit in jail. I was sitting in my cell because I thought about everything that played out in my life. I was sitting in jail, a lot of shit, and I sat there and I was like, "Yo, Corey was running the trains with us with girls. What if he was looking at us? You know what I mean?" And he was doing this, but then it like, it was this dude. It was a it was a rapist in jail, right? I got cool with this dude, real cool with him. A like, rapist in jail. A rapist, and we got cool. In jail, day. you're not supposed to fuck with rapists. No, right? I didn't know he was a rapist right. at the time. But we got real cool. It was a genuine dude, this dude from the Bronx, Dominican dude, real cool. And I used to check everybody's background, and I never checked his background. How? She was slipping. How did you check it? 
I, I knew his name. If you in jail, you going it's easy to find out somebody's name. It's not they they got a tag on their shirt that says their last name and their numbers. So I used to always check everybody's name and I got into an issue with somebody else and I checked their name and in the process I was like, wait, I should check his name. So I checked his name. He was in jail for rape in the first degree. Damn. For several rapes. So when on, I, how long was you in jail for, man? I was in jail. I had um I had two and a half and then I did um like three violations. I did three years after that. Like So you did five altogether? Yeah. I it's couldn't even be half. in jail for like one day. I'd die. You die. you don't know what you're capable of until no, you I'd do. No, I'd die. I know it. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I would die. I thought the same thing. When that gavel hit, man, how you feel? You from the Bronx though. You like, like Jenny from the block. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yo, yo, tax though, when that gavel hit the first time, man, and you heard that the, that 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 sentence, man. What'd you think, man? I'm not gonna lie. When the gavel first hit, when I first got my first sentence, I wanted to cry, but no tears came out. And the only reason I wanted to cry was because I didn't do anything mm. that I that I took the case for right. it was somebody else's case. But isn't that crazy how karma works? Yeah. Nine out of ten, all the foul shit you did, you got away with. And, and that's the shit what, you didn't do is the shit that. And you that's got. what sat with me. Yeah. All I could think about was I done so much shit and ain't get caught for it. And I'm doing Spaz bed right now. Shout out to Spaz. He locked up again. <laughs> what up, Spaz? Word. So, you know what I mean? That shit sat there. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing in this mother? <laughs> I don't belong here. I've not gotten caught. You know what I mean? For nothing I've done. But I had to I had to accept I had to accept it, respect and embrace it. You know what I mean? So I don't really Wait, where are we going with the story about you befriending a rapist? Now, I befriends a rapist, right? And That's a good one. Yeah. She's she's good. <laughs> Very good. Raven, not Ravi. I was about to go back to Ravi. Ravi, you good? I just wanted to know where the story was going with it. I got, I got, I got real cool. All right, I got cool. I got real cool with the rapist, and and when I checked his name, I realized he was a rapist. You know what I mean? And it was like this dude was like, if if I didn't find that he was a rapist, nobody could tell me nothing about this dude. He was so good hearted and genuine, and then. And he he was a rapist. He was lying to me. He tried to lie. You can't lie to me. That's like. So is this all like tying into you not judging people by like labels? Because where, where we like, going with this story? Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. It is going into. So that. y'all playing chess one day and well, how the how the when I realized he he was a rapist, I go to him and I'm like, yo, what you locked up for? <sighs> and he like yo, he yeah. delayed me and he said, yo, I'm going to school real fast. I got workshop. <laughs> And like, you know, and like shun me off and I see him later on that day and I'm like, yo, what you locked up for? He like, yo, I'm going to keep it real with you and made up this whole story on how his man was raping the girls on the robberies they was doing. And it's like, it's no way possible your man raped seven girls and you don't know on every robbery. You know what Jeez, I mean? Seven girls? Seven girls. Damn, and he was locked man. up for multiple rapes. You know what I mean? Ser- serial rapist. Yeah, he was a serial rapist. And. You know, he ended up coming out. He ended up coming out late on, and he said, "He said, yo, I can't control myself. Oh, I'm God. a freak." Here we go. This is what he told me. He after he explained about being a rape because he had to come out. So he's like, a sexual predator that really needs yeah, that needed help. help. Right. So what happened when he told me the story? I correlated it back to Corey because he told me he was a freak since he was young, and he described sexual things that he would do to his cousins when he was younger. So when he told me all this shit, it reminded me of Corey. I'm like, we was 12 years old. When we wanted to train a girl, instead of us G-ing her and like, yo, we don't want to fuck you, Corey was going to eat her pussy when we was 12. And none of us was with that. So it like made me think that like, damn, maybe the gay shit has some correlation. Maybe people being gay has something to do with them just being a wild freak. You know what I mean? Because... I don't think to this day he calls himself gay. But you know what? I he don't, might I don't, not be. I don't like think he might s- be. Yeah, I feel like you can't label in that sense because he could just be bisexual. He could just not want to be labeled. All right. And Corey you know could I mean? be a freak, but I think it's really dangerous when you start saying that there's a correlation between, between being your gay serial rapist and being inmate. a fucking freak. You got to be yeah. careful with that. No, yeah. what I'm got, saying you can't is, say no, that. What I'm saying is that what, I, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that. The freak shit starts from young, and but I still feel like using the term freak shit mm-hmm. with a correlation to like homosexuality is like, it's like pushing Yo, the envelope I, I, of being like disrespectful. I'm not saying that the homos. I'm not saying that homosexuals gonna rape anybody. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. This is Combat Jack. 
I don't agree with all the terms <laughs> me, and, and views that's being spoken about right now. Same. I he just have to agree. say that. Same. It's Raven a doesn't agree. It's I a do not agree. This is Tax's opinion. <laughs> but it just touched me like, it was like the gay shit was like, I was like, yo. But it just was like, 12 years old, he was eating pussy. We never was thinking about this thing. But maybe he had seen some things, too. You, you never know. What I've maybe, seen it all. I maybe, grew up with Spice and Hot Network. Okay, but look, maybe he just wanted, because he was gay, and he didn't want you guys to think he was gay, he would go the farthest with a woman. No, nah, I don't think that, because he but definitely that's looked like he was point. enjoying like, himself. But he could have been enjoying it, He could have been enjoying himself, but he also could have been like, okay, I don't want you guys to even assume that I'm, I'm gay, so I'm going to go the farthest with a woman that you guys won't do, because... That's deep. You know what I mean? He's trying to prove that. It's complex, man. It's, yeah. it's really complex. I, <laughs> and I think when it comes down to like like people's sexual preferences and then even illnesses like this dude being a sexual predator, it's so much more complex than us being able to take it and compartmentalize yeah. it and make it very simple. And I, feel, and I just feel like sometimes as human beings, it's kind of disrespectful to do that to somebody, to just kind of like try and simplify a person into labels or simplify them into something because you feel like... I feel like as human beings, we feel like we have to understand something, so we try and categorize it and label it. I'm yeah. so good not understanding shit right Me now. Me too. Like I rather just you are who you are, that's whatever you thing. are. I just search for every. I want to know nah, the reason. That, but but that's, that's, but that's that's mankind's problem. Yeah, that's mankind's problem. It's like with even the issue going on right now with race. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, I, I think there's a difference in cultures. You know what I'm saying? In terms of how you are socializing and, and just, you know, just the DNA in terms of years of being, centuries of being conditioned and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so even like this whole stupid situation going on right now with, with, the, with nigga and some white people saying they don't understand. Like, they, they can't figure, like, what is there to figure out? Mm -hmm. Let that shit go. Let it go. But I think we should let it go too. See, we but can't the, but, just tell them to let it go. But, a but word. Let, me, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. If we're accustomed to something in our culture, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of language, language is very important in culture. Why do we have to let it go if it makes somebody else uncomfortable? Because if someone no. else says it, it makes us uncomfortable. No, 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 no. Why? There's a lot of shit that goes on in mm -hmm. society that makes us uncomfortable and nobody gives a fuck about. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about income inequality. Let's talk about the prison. Let's talk about this. There's a lot of shit that makes black people uncomfortable. The one thing that makes white people uncomfortable, we got to let that shit go. Mm -hmm. Fuck no. No. Combat Jackson, fuck no. no. White people cannot share the word nigga with no. us. No. Absolutely me personally, not. I don't give a fuck. You call me a nigga, I'ma just look at you like you a nigga. I just feel like if it's something that we hold dear or you just feel strongly about, then it should just be accepted as not to be said. You know, you know what I mean? Respect that. You like, know, also, it's like it doesn't it doesn't hurt you to not say in, nigga. In like prison, it doesn't hurt a white person to not say nigga. So don't say yeah, it. Yeah, what's the fascination? That's what's, what I'm saying. It doesn't hurt us either. I mean it does. Like it I'm white and black, and mm -hmm. I feel like my whole life I've had issues with, like, when I was young, I didn't want to say nigga because I'm like, my mom is white, and mm -hmm. I felt like it was disrespectful. Like, I felt like I couldn't say it, but then, like, you grow up in a culture, you, like you said, like, you grow up in, I grew up in a real, like, in the Bronx, hip-hop culture, like, mm -hmm. it's in every, it's embedded in everything I'm listening to, yeah. so why don't I feel like I could feel comfortable saying it, right? But... If you're making somebody feel uncomfortable, I just feel like do yourself the favor and don't use the word. It doesn't hurt. Ooh, it doesn't hurt a white person to not say nigga. Well, it's hurting them that they can't say it, which is what's amazing to me. Like you can't control. Every I feel like this. Thing if under we, the planet, if if on, if, we, sun, if we I mean. allowed everybody to say this word, we would get a better understanding of who's who. But I just feel like in history, like with history, like there's so many things black people have sacrificed. If they want to hold on to that word, then they should be able to hold on to that word. You know, it's, it's funny. My, my, my fa I'm first generation American. Mm -hmm. My family's from Haiti. So when I go to Haiti, you know, when Haitians are talking to each other, you know, neg, neg mwen, neg, that's, neg that's nigga. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like on a, on, like I don't want to say on a global level, but I've grown up in two cultures where that term is a term of endearment. The Haitians so, call me Wapcon George. Wapcon George? Wapcon George. You know Wapcon George? Now, who's that? It's like, it's like a saying. It's like a saying that they use when like, like something bad is going to happen to you. They say Wapcon George. Nah, I don't know what that fu the and fuck that means. That's, that's get, they refer to you as? Get into, 
with, with your with your Haitian. I, I got no, nah, no. I don't got to get into. I got get into what the fuck they calling you. Yeah, get into or why? You know what I'm saying like what George. George. Nah, be. I'm like the, the Reaper. Reaper. It's like the Grim Reaper. It's like when you yeah, do yeah, something bad, that's and, the person. And that's that comes. what they're yeah, referring to. All right, so this show, yeah. this episode is over right now. <laughs> yeah, we here with Combat Jack, Internet. man, and motherfucking Raven. Raven, Raven B in the house. Raven B in the in the building. Yo, you know I want to ask you. I just was reading an article about Rosenberg. <laughs> Rosenberg who? You know Rosenberg. <laughs> Rosenberg who? Like Paul Rosenberg? Like Eminem? Like they just put out a movie. I thought the movie was great, man. Shout out to Paul Rosenberg. <laughs> yeah, we like that, that little you. mini movie. Action Bronson. That shit was Eminem dope. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. good things out there. No, we're talking about Peter. <laughs> Peter You're Rosenberg. talking about Peter Rosenberg. Yes, <clears throat> Peter what Rosenberg. What about him? I'm not like really familiar with the situation yeah. at all. So I need to hear more about it. Wait. I just read a I read an article because you know I was interviewing Combat today, so I was like, let me look up more on him what I don't know. And I and I read an article about Peter saying that you was like um anti Semitic, like you was against Jews. Right. And like That's that's what you got from the article? That's exactly what I got from okay. the article. That that's you so was anti Semitic. He basically that's what he said. He said he was an anti Semitic. And <sighs> you say things and you say things about Jews and that's the reason that he came at you. And I read something else where he said that he would smack you in front of your kids. Mm. That's the one that fucked me up. Why would you bring your children in? I'm this? from the culture where you start talking about smacking a motherfucker in front of his kids, that mean that they already wrote your obituary. Because mm. <laughs> you ain't smacking nobody in front of their kids. Yeah, I didn't that's something I didn't, that I read. I, I, I didn't come here to talk about that. But we got to talk about that, man. It's tax I was season. advised not to speak Regiment. about this too, man. Just in terms of like empowering that dude and, and going into that issue. We're not empowering. We're just discussing the situation at hand. He did an interview where he spoke about his competition that was in New York City. He said Combat Jack and, and Charlemagne were like, this was your full-time jobs and this was just his side job. I don't know. I don't have any beef with Rosenberg. He tweeted me a couple of days ago and he was like, oh, just keep tweeting do what you do, keep tweeting or whatever. But that that just made me know that he be watching me or whatever. You know Yo, what I mean? You sure? I mean, dude, it's a long story. So you really want to hear the story, man? Hell fucking yeah. I mean, listen, man, I, you know, I, I don't want to keep perpetuating this shit, but, you know, the fact that you're telling me that that's what you're getting out of the the story is fucked up, man, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in New York City. I grew up listening to, to black radio, yeah. to hip-hop radio, you know what I'm saying? So... I've always been a fan of like Hot 97. You know what I'm saying? Hot, yeah, no, Hot 97 has had some very legendary moments from like its inception to like. Hot 97 raised us. Yeah, exactly. From like, you know, Dr. Dre and Ed Lover with, 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 with uh, Miss Jones, Jones. You know, to, to Star and Bucks. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Funk Master Flex, Angie Martinez. So like, so I, I'm an avid fan of radio. I'm saying not just black radio. I mean, I'm an avid fan of like Howard Stern. I listen to radio. So my issue starts that to me this whole thing starts when, when when Hot 97 was in transition and and Big Boy from out west yeah. it was piping him in to do the morning show and the shit just didn't feel right. You know what I'm yeah. saying New York, it, it, if yeah, somebody that. somebody in that. L.A. talking in L.A. I spoke about that Black Boy um Big, Big Boy. Boy blocked me because yeah <laughs> you know so so at the time I was like yo I, I remember hearing. You know, Cypher Sounds and Rosenberg and I and they, they sounded like they would be good contenders for the morning show because they kind of knew the culture. East Coast Cypher's been you can't question Cypher's pedigree with this whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Rosenberg sounded like the white kid that was down with the with the culture. So I was like, yo, I even tweeted like, you know, I can't take this big boy shit. I'd love to have Cypher and, and, and Rosenberg held the morning show. So yeah. over time, that shit did happen. Now, you got to understand, man, I'm, I'm you know, I'm. Not only, you know, I'm, I, I, got, I went to college, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, but I've also been, in terms of how I was raised and conditioned, just really sensitive to, like, nuances in media, uh, nuances in messages, nuances in terms of, like, agenda. You know what I'm saying? Particularly yeah. when it comes to race, comes ideology, comes to government, you know, all of that shit. So, you know, they got on the morning show, and I was, like, really happy. So, like, shortly after that, it was, like, Michael Jackson's death. And, you know, that shit hit everybody. You know, that, that shit hit. 
You ain't gonna tell me I was in jail for that shit. I thought I thought I was gonna die. You were in jail for Michael Jackson. When Michael Jackson in... died, I thought I was gonna die. Hey, I was why? in jail. I was oh, in you were in jail when facility. it and it yeah. niggas went crazy, right? I thought I was gonna die because I'm like, if Michael died, I'm definitely gonna die now. <laughs> it was over for me. Like. I think everybody remembers where they were when Michael Jackson died. So, so I remember like it was like this huge memorial. Like I think I was watching CNN. And, you know, Twitter was just really like it was like the height of people popping off on Twitter and just giving their opinion. So I'm watching, you know, the the memorial of Michael Jackson. I remember Al Sharpton got up to speak and Rosenberg, who I'm still trying to get familiar with, is shitting on Al Sharpton. Like, look at this fucking ambulance chaser. He's (laughs) tweeting that. And I'm like, you know what? Whoa, 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 whoa. A lot of people have a lot of different feelings about Al Sharpton. Mm-hmm. But to some, he's viewed as a leader in the black community. Yeah. I know that people can pull his rap sheet and, and discredit him in the whole nine. But it just felt real funny coming from him at that event. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you're new to this, to, at least to my sensibilities. And here's a white guy on Michael Jackson's memorial shitting on a quote unquote black leader. Yeah. So I, nobody knew who I was at the time, and I tweeted him. I was like, "Yo, that shit ain't cool, man. Like, like that that is is not cool. Like, it mm-hmm. didn't feel good. Like I said, I'm really in tune with just sensitivity in terms of how people act in other. He people's was bringing place. his at home views. Yeah. So, but he didn't respond at the time. But it was just like a little check note. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I gotta really watch what this guy says. So, moving forward, you know, I would drive my kids to the city. Mm-hmm. every day so of course i'm listening to hot 97 and i remember it was in 2009 it was the u.n general assembly was going on and there was big shit going on in the news about muammar Gaddafi, head of state for libya like he was in town and they were smearing him because you know apparently like he's had some unsavory practices in his country and apparently he's murdered people in the whole nine his you know yeah. his, his constituents or whatever his citizens whatever you know what i'm saying i you know He's in New York City. I'm listening to Hot 97. And Rosenberg is on the radio saying how we have to get rid of Muammar Gaddafi, how we got to chase him out in New York. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is (laughs) hip hop radio. This is not (laughs) CNN. This is not Fox. Kids across this city, across the tri-state are not tuning in to Hot 97 to hear your perspective on geopolitics. So I remember saying to him, like, yo, you, 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 you can't do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't do this. I can't go in somebody else's culture and just mouth off and diss Al Sharpton this and start perpetuating mm-hmm. shit to kids. It's like, regardless if you're right or wrong, you can't do this. And mind you, I was also heated because at the same time that this was happening, that situation in Palestine was happening um, with Israel, Operation Cast Lead. Where the where the where the Israelis were bombing the shit oh, out of yeah. Palestine, so yeah, it was no, real, exactly a real sensitive time. So I was like, so I hit him, and he was like, "Yeah, but Muammar Gaddafi is murdering kids and blah blah." And I was like, "Yo, but if you're gonna be on this platform, and if you're gonna be pointing at Muammar Gaddafi, then we should also be talking about Israel." Mm-hmm. So when I said that, we went back and forth. I was like, "Listen, man, just the dude is a head of state. You're on 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 Hot 97. This is not the platform for it." In which he tweeted to me, he responded, yo, I'll slap the shit out of you in front of your kids. That's now so that's, disrespectful. That's the tweet that's that like I read. That's like so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. That's the tweet that I read. And I'm and like, I if, was like, holy I'm like, if you shit. want to discourse intellectually about geopolitics and I'm challenging you and you go there, I know what kind of man you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're a so, liar. See, because a liar, a liar has to immediately go to violence when they found when they when they when, when they, they get feel exposed. Like they're wrong, when exposed. they get exposed. Now, mind you, once again, I'm not. I wasn't the combat jack that I am today. I probably had like 200, 300 followers. He probably felt I was nobody. Mm-hmm. So, he, so that even made me understand even more what kind of cat he was. Mm-hmm. So, right after he tweeted that, it was kind of like a little silence on Twitter. And Katz was like, Ugh. and Katz started calling me like, yo, we could get, I was like, no, I don't need that. I got him. <laughs> so I was like, yo, Rosenberg, you really going to respond to me like that? And the next fucking tweet was like, well, you're an anti-Semite. I was like, yo, dude, you're, you're a victim. You're playing a victim. You throw your shots and you play a victim. And I know what kind of pussy you are. You, you understand yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like he exposed himself. Yeah. So like a couple of months went by. I think we had. Rosenberg little- must be a thug. He has to be some category <laughs> no. of thug. 
to to want to smack somebody in front of their kids like like is, that's a certain listen that's a, even even gangsters I know gangsters that won't smack you in front of your kids it's it's a certain level that you have to get to to order to to feel no no compassion for the kids no listen will you be like I'm gonna smack you in front of your kids no, listen I grew up in New York in the seventies the eighties the nineties I know lawyers I know CEOs I know killers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've had beef with people in the industry. I've had beef with people, and nobody has ever said that to me yeah. except Peter Rosenberg. You understand? So that so that so, shit sound like he stole that off my timeline. <laughs> but you, I don't even. But you was you. I don't even. You was in jail, nigga. You was probably. <laughs> so, I was. So so a couple of months later, I don't know what it was. I guess he saw the caliber of person that I was. He reached out to me, had me on his little show, whatnot. Did he and, apologize? Yeah, it was kind of. I had to pull it out of him. You know okay. what I'm saying? But even though we apologize, and I understand this whole social media thing in terms of what we do, it's a very small ecosystem, and we all. You know what I'm saying? Instead of beefing at somebody back and forth i realized that initially that could be entertaining but after a while that shit gets boring you know what i'm saying if you're yeah. not gonna smack a motherfucker in the mouth yeah. you know what i'm saying if you're not gonna dead that shit just dead it you know what i'm saying so and i, I feel like, like people don't feel like they have to be held accountable for the things they say online and i don't think he's ever been held accountable so when he you know when he called me on the rosenberg show, <laughs> no, would you like to be held accountable so he called me on the show and he apologized and i was like i'm cool i can move forward with this but don't understand don't, don't misunderstand me I can forgive you for that shit and I can keep moving. But you're the motherfucker. shit out Rosenberg a couple months ago. Yo, ta- me but Tax, you're the motherfucker that said you would smack the shit out of, in, fr- out of my kid, in front of me. Smack the shit out of me kids. in front of my kids. So I can never forget that. That's the caliber of man you are. Imagine how his kids would have looked if you would have did that. No, but they, you know what I'm saying? They, he wouldn't have done that shit. I know, but just imagine. I always <laughs> think about how it would play out like a person's threats. I always tell a person, if you, if you, if you threaten me, mean it by all means. Right. Because I'm going to take it exactly how you said it. You know and then, what I mean? but, then, but then the other thing is, what's even more dangerous than the threat is labeling me an anti-Semite. Yeah. You have a bigger platform. I'm a black dude challenging you on shit. Mm-hmm. And it's a very sensitive issue. By you going there, that's the ultimate race card. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the ultimate, I'm going to cheat. And it, was, going nothing, to... it was nothing there that you said for Not him to even say. Not at all. Like, yo, I'm very vocal on social media. And Pull I feel my like you're also very politically aware. Up. Pull my shit up. I've never said anything that could even remotely be viewed as anti-Semitic, right? So, boom. Let's fast forward. We, we're going into like this peace thing. And I'm like, I'm cool with Rosenberg. Ha, ha, ha. But in the back of my mind, it's like, I, how, could some, how could a black man forget that? How can a man mm-hmm. forget that another, another man in the same conversation? I'll smack the shit, of you, shit out of you in front of your kids and you're anti-Semitic. Yeah. So a few years later, like last year, this motherfucker, this is Chuck D. Yo, fuck you, Rosenberg. No, 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 don't go there. Listen. No, I'm going there. No, no, tax. Listen, let me let me tell the story. Let me tell the story. You ain't smacking yeah, nobody in front of their kids. Let me, let me, tell, let me tell the story. Threats. So you're a fucking Jewish white boy that doesn't want any issues, and you using social media to try to bully people because you're a fucking pussy. And you know that. You're not smacking nobody well, in the I, world. He knows he's not smacking. I know everybody knows he's not smacking. But that's so not the point. That's why he should have never fucking said it. But listen, that's not the point. People got to get held accountable. Tax, don't, that's not the fucking the point. Yeah, fucking tax, I, really wanna, I just Rosenberg. really want to hear so, where so, this So went. last year, right? Last year, the Chuck D thing happens, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, here we go again. And that shit just rubbed me the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? It's like, here's somebody like Chuck D who really elevated the game. He raised the bar That's a fact. in the game. you know. And it wasn't until I had Cormega on my show that Cormega really crystallized why Rosenberg's words hurt. It hurt. Cormega was like, yo, I used to sell crack. Nigga, I used to, niggas knew I was nice with my heat. But whenever I heard Chuck speak, I felt guilty. Chuck yeah. was like the leader of black culture of black men in this hip-hop culture yeah. and he gave me consciousness you know this is Cormega talking so Cormega was like when you diss Chuck D you didn't only diss Chuck D you dissed us yeah and that's what that's really that's how I felt you know what I'm saying I was like yo once again you're being very disrespectful on this platform that you have and you're getting away with it so around the same time let me go back so this guy Byron Crawford you know about Byron Crawford yeah Byron Crawford is a blogger in St. Louis. Very weird motherfucker. Okay. You can't take Byron Crawford literally because he's all types of isms. Okay. He's homophobic. 
He's sexist. He's anti-Semitic. He hates black women. If you read his writings, you know what I'm saying? He goes at, he goes at everybody. <laughs> but his writings are brilliant. And when I started blogging, I started like I used to read Byron Crawford shit. I never read sarcastic shit like this coming from a white man. I mean, from a black dude. Yeah. I've heard I've seen white writers have that freedom to write that free. Yeah. But I never seen a black person in the hip hop community write that free. So I became a fan of Byron Crawford's. I started writing on Byron Crawford's site. If it wasn't for Byron Crawford, there wouldn't be a combat jack. So right around the time that Rosenberg dissed Chuck D, Byron Crawford wrote a scathing piece, like a think piece on Hot 97 Rosenberg. and Rosenberg dissing Chuck D. And in it, he had this picture of when a, a screenshot of when Rosenberg said he would slap the shit out of me. I was like, yeah, that's right. This is the same disrespectful motherfucker mm-hmm. that dissed me. So I reposted that post, right? So Rosenberg calls, calls me. He's like, yo, why are you supporting this guy? He's anti-Semitic. This is the guy you want to stand with. I was like, well, I definitely don't want to stand with you. I'm not riding for this guy for his anti-Semitic views because I don't think I take it as Jess. You know what I'm saying? Regardless if he's saying some inflammatory shit, I'm not riding for that. I'm just riding for how good his writing is. And he's calling your bitch ass out. Yeah. You you understand what I'm saying? So then I went on Power Power 105 and I spoke about it and that really fucked him up. It really pissed him off. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, how could you go on Power 105 and do this shit? I was like, man, get the fuck out of here. I don't owe you any allegiance. You know what I'm saying? But I'm still cool. You're the one. You never, you apologize to Chuck D, but you never apologize to the black community. So you want to fight Rosenberg? No, no, no. I don't want to fight him, but I'm just saying I got to call him out on the hypocrisy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got to call him out on being this victim shit. I got to call him out on being on such a, such a huge platform. And, and it's obviously privileged because he's mediocre and he gets away with being sloppy with his privilege. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, I put the, sc- the screenshot up and he was mad. And, and you got to understand, man, like Rosenberg's out here talking about he represents the culture, how much he does for the culture. I do this for the culture. You know what I'm saying? Music is in a very is a very important part of our culture, but music isn't the totality of our culture. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Language is part of our culture. Respect is part of our culture. Respecting our elders and our leaders is part of the culture. And for you to to to, to be disrespecting black men in this culture, it says to me you are really not part of this culture, dude. Mm-hmm. You you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're really not part of this culture. So, where am I with this? So, this article comes out. And and this was last year. This is last year. I, I still think everything's cool because we aired everything out. So the article comes out in in the UK a couple of months ago, oh, last yeah, month. Yeah, the interview he had in the UK. And they ask him, like, what do you think about the competition in New York, the podcast, and the fucking writer brought up my name. So if you go, if he's asking you about the competition, let's talk about the competition. Like, judge me on the merits of my work or on the flaws of my character. Yeah, Ju- judge me on that. This motherfucker starts with the anti-Semitic shit. He's like, I'm best friends with Star who disrespected his wife. I don't have nothing to do with Star disrespecting your wife. And I'm not best friends with Star. I respect Star for being the fucking radio legend that he is. Oh, Star disrespected Rosenberg's wife? I don't even care, and I don't give a fuck. That has <laughs> nothing some, to do with me. nice titties, too. Yo, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? So he throws me in with, 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 with Star... He mentions Charlemagne. He kind of alludes to Byron Crawford, and he talks about Premium Pete, my co-host, mm-hmm. coming at him on Twitter with some Jewish shit. Mm-hmm. Let me go back. Last year, I was going on vacation. Premium Pete is my co-host. <laughs> Premium Pete was born in, in born and raised in in, in, in uh, Coney Island and Bensonhurst. Mm-hmm. He's an old school Italian guy. He did time, very rough around the edges, but the guy has a pure heart. Mm-hmm. But he's still, you know, rough around the edges. Last year, he gets into an argument with, with Rosenberg, and he starts saying some shit that's so not PC. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I get the text from a couple of cats, including Rosenberg, like, yo, what's up with your man? I look on Twitter, and I'm mortified. Niggas don't want it with Pete. Nick, no, first of all, you don't want it with Pete. But at the same time, like I said, Pete's his own man, right? Yeah. Pete's his own man, but Pete is affiliated with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not about that shit. So I called Pete. I was like, yo, Pete, what the fuck are you doing? Yo, you not on my side. You not riding. I was like, Pete, you know I ride with you, but what are you doing? You can't do this shit on social media. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, but Rosenberg, I was like, I don't give a fuck. You're dead wrong. 
hung up the phone, about to get on the plane, called Pete back. I was like, yo, Pete, delete all that shit. Now, I'm a grown man. Pete's a grown man. I don't believe in censorship, but I'm like, yo, delete that shit because yeah. that shit is just <laughs> not right. You know what I'm saying? So in this article, Rosenberg brings that shit up, and, and, and it's trying to make it look like it's me. You know what I mean? And I understand if I'm guilty by association, then I'll own that. But I never said those things. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's something that he has to So address. he was basically trying to make it seem like you were the like I'm like I'm super anti Semitic and yeah. anti Jew and, and and not only that, man, but if you look at the cats that he mentioned, Byron Crawford, I think is a brilliant mind. Uh, Rosenberg can't hold a candle to Byron Crawford. Star. Star change black radio. That's a fact. Rosenberg can't hold a candle, can't hold a candle. to Star. Charlemagne. Oh, I don't agree with everything Charlemagne says, but I am so impressed with how talented Same. Charlemagne is. Charlemagne is quick. He's on his feet. He doesn't hold on to anything. He's not emotionally attached to shit. He's a so fucking professional at what he does, and I admire that man. Rosenberg doesn't hold a candle to him, and he definitely doesn't hold a candle to me. Mm -hmm. So when I look at it, I'm like, yo, you're looking at these black men who you're threatened by, and you're going to fucking say, those black guys don't fuck with me, so they're bad, so they're anti-Semitic. Yo, that's dangerous, B. Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah, to try to try to create an illusion that, you know what I mean, a smokescreen that motherfuckers is racist or, or whatever the fuck might be. And the fact is, is that motherfuckers are just better in their craft. Yeah, I'm like, yo, you. like, like, like. Race. Rosenberg is, listen, in New York City, Rosenberg gets no love. Nobody in New York City hip hop fucks with Rosenberg. I mean, I feel like at the same time, he, for me, like as a. Uh, I guess an outsider and a listener. Yeah. He was one of the first people that cared about the underground. No, like, he wasn't the first. Not the first. But to you, he was. Damn but, sure wasn't. Saying, like, I, I can attest to Like, being, we're not talking about Bobito and, and Stretch. Know, but I can attest to being, like, I'm, like, the mainstream listener. Like, I'm not on a blog or I'm not on a podcast listening to new music. Like, I'm probably going to get it on the radio or on TV or, like, somewhere where, like, p mass pop culture gets it. So, for me, him being one of the first people to put, like, my friends on the radio, you know, I felt like he cared about hip-hop in that sense. I think at the same time, a label, like, being anti-Semitic in New York City... In where, media. In media. Like, when Hollywood... What only thing I've done where, is challenge you. And, yeah, and I just feel like in media with Hollywood and, like, all these mainstream places being, like, run by Jews, I feel like it's really, really dangerous for someone like you. You know what I mean? I just feel like it's it's just not a card you The pull. Jews will kill you. So so listen, so 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 this is this is what I have to say about this, man. It's like you you know, you, and, and he's bragging about how he's bigger than us and he's lapping us. Listen, you're on, you're, you're, you're on Hot 97. If you have a bigger platform, you should be bigger than me. I only have 25,000 followers. You understand what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So what is it about what I'm saying that wants you to fucking discredit my whole body of work? Yeah. You're on Hot 97. You should have a bigger platform. But I, I read some shit earlier. He wrote and he was like, oh, how he's contributed so much to hip hop okay. and pushed these artists and the, the, Charlemagne's pushed no artists. This is, this, listen, you, listen, listen. I've been... I was born in this culture. I started listening to hip-hop in 1979. Mm -hmm. When I look at the voice that I have right now and the responsibility that I have, yeah. 79, when I look at how at this age, at this age, people value the shit that I say, yeah. I'm so humbled that I could contribute to this game. You know what I'm saying? I didn't make any money podcasting combat jack for years because i was like i'm having fun this is an honor to mm -hmm. be talking to these cats i'm not out here saying respect my contributions you should be so fucking humble to be able to benefit yeah. from this culture and, and 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 contribute but why is it that you're the one that's like everybody doesn't respect me because of the way i look no bitch we don't respect you because you're whack bitch. look at that building <laughs> no look at that building look at ed lover and dr dre and miss jones they raised the bar look at star and buck wild they raised the bar look at funk flex he raised the bar angie martinez raised the bar even someone like info raised the bar mr c raised the bar Indeed. Apol i'm apologizing for people that i don't mention Rosenberg has never fucking raised the bar. You and he's the one standing. The ball, he's Rosenberg the one standing on the shoulders. You have it. Now that I think you're right. Why did you hit this? What the fuck? Why did you do this? You know how long I've been thinking? 
Rosenberg, you have never done nothing. Hashtag raise the bar, Rosenberg. <laughs> raise the fucking bar. You're standing on the shoulders and the accomplishments Hashtag of all the these ball. people, and you're fucking your your privilege. What the fuck did you have? What have you done? Your privilege. What have you done? Listen, but listen, dick listen, ride tax, 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 tax. Listen, your privilege gives you this entitlement. This sense of entitlement that should we be we should be kissing your ass because you contribute to this culture. Nobody asked Combat Jack to contribute to this culture. Nobody asked Tax Stone, Ravy B to, to contribute to this culture. And nobody's begging Rosenberg to contribute to this culture. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So who the fuck are you to feel entitled that we should be checking all the shit? Yo, nigga, when you walk through the halls in Hot 97, Flex ain't looking at you like a like a team player. He's looking at you like a mascot. You understand what I'm saying? So the last thing I'm going to say is I can't even be mad at at Rosenberg. I'm disappointed in Ebro because Ebro Mm. grew up in in, in Oakland. Oakland is a very conscious town. His father was a Black Panther, right? Mm. If he's co-signing this shit. That shit don't mean nothing. My pops is a crackhead and a drug No, but I'm saying if he's he's co-signing this shit, if he's not saying, Rosenberg, you got to fall back. From disrespecting the culture. Now that's a problem. Now I've talked to Ebro, I've given him props, and he's like, No, my G, don't give me no props because this is competition. I'm like, You're a fucking weirdo. It's not about competition, it's about doing your fucking job, contributing, and putting points on the board. So, Ebro, I have a problem with you gassing this dude because that dude is a threat. Whenever you challenge him, he plays victim. He goes to this anti-Semitic shit. He said he would fucking beat me up. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's all. So you can't. Up. See, you can't do that. You can't. You can't play predator and prey in the same breath. You yeah, and, and that's that's what it is, man. You can't, so- you can't tell somebody I'm gonna kill you, and then after that, say he's gonna kill me. Rosenberg, put some points on the board. Raise the bar. Hashtag raise the bar, Rosenberg. Raise the bar. What have you done? What have you done for the culture? I'm glad you're do you're something besides TV. bashing women, <laughs> besides bashing women in hip hop. And that's and things it. That's that it. Nature. I'm not going to speak you on do. it anymore. I notice you have a thing against women. I've the, noticed that about you. I'll Rosenberg. tell you the greatest thing about what Rosenberg did. The only did, woman that you protect is Amber Rose, and I don't know why. The greatest thing that Rosenberg <laughs> did is like, I didn't fuck with him, but I played like I did. I'm so glad I don't have to fuck with him anymore. And trust me, motherfuckers don't fuck with you. Raise the fucking bar and get your points up, man. Don't nobody fuck with you, Rosenberg. Fucking mascot. Take that. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. So what are we talking about next? The weather? Nah, we done. We done. It's so fuck nice Rosenberg. out here. The listen, weather's nice. New York season, City. Listen, tax season is done for Internet. the day. We over motherfucking time. We had Combat Jack. Internet. We had Ravy B, Miss Raven. And, and we Gucci, man. Say hello to the bad guy. Tax season. Tax season. Tax season. Tax season.